So um, it's, it's great to see you and Kevin and, 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 uh, and the kids here. Um, I'm amazed, quite frankly, that you're here and able to be functioning. Just as a parent of three kids, I, it's a fog. There's, there's early days. So thank you so much for reading that passage for us. Uh, well, my name is Han Su Jin, uh, and I'm one of the pastors here at Renewal. And so I just want to, first of all, say just welcome this morning, um, especially welcome uh, back to the college students. Um, uh, we, I, I, I miss your, your energy. Uh, whenever I hang around you, I feel like I, I, I feel your youth, and through the osmosis, I feel younger myself. And so thank you for, <laughs> for, for being here and for all the visitors here as well. Uh, we are, are so grateful that you are here. And also for our, long, our, our longstanding members who are always here, I also see you. Thank you for being here. It's, uh, it's, it's good to see all of you here this morning. Uh, well, well, before we get into this passage a little more, uh, before we, we just kind of delve into like the nitty-gritty of stuff, um, I'm going to pray for us. Would that be okay? I'm just ask that God help us to read this passage well and just to, to see uh, the goodness of the gospel again in this passage. So let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do thank you for, uh, for your word. God, we thank you that your word is, is just so accessible to us. We don't have to, you know, climb a mountain or, you know, dive down into some uh, hidden cave under the ocean, um, or we don't, we don't need to somehow, uh, uh, you know, uh, sacrifice uh, something or, or starve ourselves or go through any kind of ordeal, Lord, to, to, to attain your word, but that we can instead just open up your word, your Bible, and just and to hear your word and see your word and to, and to be fed and nourished by your word. Um, so we thank you, God, uh, for your word and, and, and the life. Uh, and the, um, uh, the salvation that your word provides for us. And so we just pray, Lord, that as we look into your word again this morning, that you would, um, that you would meet us here once again, and that you would feed us and nourish us through your word, um, <clears throat> despite the many, uh, many shortcomings and failures of the one presenting it. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Well, I, I, I know for, um, you know, for, for some of us, the, uh, the sports uh, calendar is coming to an end or has, has come to an end for, for some uh, fan bases. Other fan bases are, are continuing on. But uh, um, I, I, there is, however, things to root for, right? Um, how many of us here are, are, um, are like awards season junkies, right? Who knows what I'm talking about? Yes, I see, I see you. I see you, right? Right. Uh, you know, if you are an awards season junkie, the, the calendar is just beginning, right? There are a whole bunch of award shows to look forward to. Who knows what, sh- what award show, in fact, just, just happened this past week? Call it out. Yeah, the Emmys. The Emmys, right? Um, I know we are, we are President Reformed, but we can also express ourselves and take part. Um, but the Emmys, the primetime Emmys, were handed out just a few days ago. And one of the shows that took home, like, a ton of hardware was a show called The Bear. Right? Now, how many of us have seen The Bear? Yes. Yes. We should have, like, a discussion group or something. But um, I love The Bear. Right? My wife and I started watching it a couple of weeks ago, and, and I love it so much. I, I think part of the reason why I like it so much is because um, I used to work at a kitchen years ago, uh, back at house, line cook, and um, sidebar. If you, love kick, if you love cooking and if you enjoy it, you never work as a line cook in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> I think the show kind of, um, I don't know, in some like masochistic way, brings up some of that suffering and trauma, but uh, I can relate so much to this show. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. So there's my endorsement for the show. Go and watch it. Um, well, towards the end of season two, and, and if you haven't watched it yet, I, I will try not to, you know, spoil it too much for you. Um, but uh, towards the end of season two, there is one episode um, 
that's centered around uh, opening night of this new restaurant. Uh, and uh, so much like, went into the preparations for this opening night. Right? Months and months of preparation. Uh, just the, the, the physical design right? and, and the building out of this, this restaurant space. Right? Uh, hiring and, and, and training uh, new staff members. Um, designing uh, you know, a, a menu, right? a new menu that's going like, you know, to be like local and you know, seasonal and you know, pushing the boundaries but not too bizarre. And all these things. Uh, um, everything, all the preparations, right? getting, getting the permits for a, a, the, all the building stuff. Right? Have you ever worked in the city? Have you ever tried to get permits for anything? Like cutting your grass a certain way or anything? It takes months and effort and follow-up emails and calls and, and sometimes a little bit extra things, you know, like under the table and all these things. And all this work and effort, months of preparation went into this one night, right, to get to opening night. Um, and as the staff, right, was finally gathered there in the restaurant, you know, uh, dripped out in their fresh uniforms in this newly designed, like, like space, right? And as they were gathered for this final meeting uh, before uh, the, uh, the opening night, uh, you, you could just feel the anticipation, uh, the, the excitement, uh, and, and the pressure, right? And as a viewer, I, I, I could feel, I'm on, on the edge of my seat, like sweating, like, you know, with like excitement as, as opening night, the opening doors, right? We're approaching. And, and in some ways, uh, Acts chapter 2 is about the opening night of the church. See, after Jesus was, was raised from the dead, uh, he met with his disciples, right, to prepare them, right, to train them, to get them ready to continue his mission on earth, right? And, and then, uh, you know, Jesus went back up to heaven, right, and he uh, poured out his Holy Spirit on the church, right? to empower, to, 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 to give them the, the helper that the, the, the disciples needed in order to do the things that, 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 that Jesus said they would, they would do, right? Uh, Pastor Dwight, Pastor Q preached about these things the past two weeks, right? And so, and so in, in, in that regard, right, all these things were like the pre-opening preparations, right, for, the, for the, the church, the capital C church, right, to start functioning as a church, to, to open their doors as a church. And, and, and this passage that we're looking at this morning, Acts chapter 2, verses 12 through 39 then, is the moment that the church opens her doors and starts being the church, begins fulfilling her mission to tell the world about Jesus. And that's what Peter did here, right, when he began to preach the very first recorded church sermon. Verse 14 says, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Now, by that time in history uh, and in the story, Peter had gained a, a well-deserved reputation for being the very first to act. Right? The very first to act, but often with, you know, pretty disastrous results. Right? Uh, Peter was uh, the very first disciple to acknowledge Jesus as the Christ. Right? The very first one to make that confession of faith. And then he like, immediately became the very first disciple to be denounced as an agent of Satan. Right? Because he, he denied Christ's need to go to the cross. Right? Um, Peter was, was, was the very first and in fact the only disciple right, to step out of the boat right, into the, the, the stormy waters. Right? very first and only disciple to do that. But then, like, immediately once he stepped in the water, what happened? He began sinking into the water because of his fear and his lack of faith. Right? Peter was, was the very first one 
to so adamantly, so adamantly uh, say that he would never, never deny Christ, that he would always be faithful to Christ at the very end, no matter what persecution he experienced. But he was the very first one to do that. And a couple hours later, uh, when he was confronted by this little servant girl, this like insignificant servant girl, what did he do? He, he cursed Jesus. He denounced Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. Right? Our boy Peter. Um, and so I can just imagine, I can just imagine how the other disciples uh, reacted, right, when Peter, <clears throat> you know, clears his throat. <clears> throat> And is like getting ready to preach this sermon. I, some of them are probably, whoa, 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 Peter, you're sit, you know, calm down here. Woo, you know, like, take it easy. I mean, this, this is a real deal, you know, like, come on, you know, like, don't make us look bad. Or maybe some of us were, them were sitting in the back just like, you know, shaking their heads, you know, smirk on their face saying, well, let's, here, here we go again. What's going to happen now? But as much shade as Peter must have received from his, the other disciples that day, and as much shade as he gets, even from now, right, from us, right, the other disciples were really no different than Peter, right? None of them, none of them were exceptional in any way. In fact, the, these uh, other disciples were, were uh, political zealots, uh, tax collectors, fishermen, right? And these professions were, were not things that little uh, Jewish kids dreamed about becoming one day. Right? No one drew pictures of them being a tax collector and put it on their refrigerator you know, when they were kids. No one did these things. Right? The, these disciples um, had hot tempers. Right? They were selfish. They uh, squabbled over the most petty, most petty things. They were undereducated and easily distracted. They were the definition of mid. But these uh, decidedly average and mediocre people were the ones that Jesus entrusted with the task, the not-so-little task, of starting the church and continuing his mission on earth. <clears throat> now, I don't know about you, <clears throat> but I find tremendous hope in that. Because I know what it's like to be a, a bumbling, a stumbling failure. See, before coming to, to, um, <clears throat> to Philadelphia, coming, before coming to Renewal, uh, my wife and I planted a cross-cultural church in, in, in a very hard part, a very challenging part of Baltimore City. Right? Have you ever seen The Wire? We, we lived in The Wire. Um, that's where our church was. Um, and we knew all the risks involved in, in this plant. We, we knew all the challenges that were ahead. We, we had heard all the horror stories of other, you know, from other pastors and other planters who had planted in, in very similar situations in Baltimore and other cities. Um, but none of that deterred us, right? We were like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we were so, like, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, naive <laughs> in many ways, and we were ready to change the world. Um, <clears throat> but then reality set in. And um, to make a much longer story, you know, much shorter, uh, five years into our church plant, um, I resigned. I resigned from the church plant, and the church eventually closed. And so if Jesus <clears throat> entrusted the imperfect, messed up disciples who had a laundry list of reasons why they should not be in the position they were, 
if he trusted them to start the church and to preach the gospel, then there is hope for me. And I think there is hope for you too. One of my favorite YouTube channels uh, is called Aaron and Claire. Let me know who that show is, anyone? Yes, you too. Aaron and Claire are, are, is this uh, Korean uh, married couple, uh, and Aaron is the chef, and Claire, his wife, is the taste tester, as well as the, the dishwasher, right? Because, you know, they're Korean, they don't use dishwashers. Um, <laughs> and when Aaron cooks something, and he, you know, gives the list of ingredients, right, to use, he always, you know, he lists, like, the, the ingredients, the, the, the garlic, the soy sauce, the different noodles, and all these things, different meats, and, but he's always makes sure to end his you know, the, the list of ingredients by saying and encouraging his viewers to use whatever they have at home, right? You don't have the, the knife-cut wide noodles? It's okay. Use, use the soman noodles. Use your ramen noodles. Use, use spaghetti even if you have them, right? And he always says to them, right, use what you have because that's the best. Use what you have because that's the best. You see, if, if we were to assemble um, the ideal Avengers-like team to continue Jesus' mission on earth, it probably would not include Peter. And it probably wouldn't include any of the other original disciples. And it, it, it probably wouldn't include any of the Old Testament heroes either, like Eve or Noah or Esther or David or Rahab, because they, they were also very, very obviously flawed. And for sure, it would not include any of us. And yet God uses imperfect, broken people because we belong to him. And that's the best. In fact, it was always God's plan to work in and through his people, no matter how flawed or imperfect they were. See, when God created the world, God created people to be his regents, uh, to rule over creation as his representatives. And that responsibility and expectation was given to all humanity, including men and women. In other words, all men and women, right, together in different but cooperative ways, were supposed to represent God in the world. But when sin entered the world, it, it messed up that whole system, right? And, and, it, and it broke creation in many, many ways, right? Uh, and one of the ways that it, 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 it affected that was that uh, uh, people who still reflected God's image... Uh, that reflection was, was significantly dimmed or damaged. For example, uh, uh, the difference between genders that were supposed to work together in harmony together uh, instead became sources of tension or, or reasons to resent one another or look down on one another. But, but to paraphrase uh, Jason Mraz, God did not give up on us because we're worth it. And we're worth it not because we are somehow are so lovable, because we've, we've done enough good things or we've, we've tried hard enough to, to work on ourselves, to make ourselves worth it. But we are worth it because we have an inherent value and worth as God's children. Right? God gives us value. God gives us worth. And therefore, God uh, will never, ever give up on us. And so when sin entered the world, God, God didn't simply sit on his hands uh, nor did he, did he push the reset button on creation. Instead, God began his, his, his rescue and redemption plan to save creation, including us. 
See, from that moment on and throughout the Old Testament, God uh, began to reveal bits and pieces of the story, right, in through different ways, right? Uh, the, the Old Testament patriarchs, right, Noah and, and, and Abraham and Moses and, and, and Jacob, uh, prophets, uh, the Esther, Rahab, uh, Ruth, um, all of these things were, were, were God making known his story of redemption, making known this plan for redemption, right? And then it, 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 it took however taking a step back, right, and seeing all those stories collectively brought together until we could finally see this, this big picture of what God was doing, right? And one of these snippets of the story uh, was found in, in the book of Joel, and, and Peter began this sermon, right, his first sermon, by quoting from this book, this Old Testament book of Joel in verse 17, and he said this, he says, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall, shall dream dreams. Even all my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. See, this, um, this, this passage in Joel was basically a, a prophecy uh, foretelling how one day God would pour out his spirit on all his people, men and women, young and old, including servants, so that they too would prophesy. Now, uh, to kind of reorient us or just kind of define some terms here, uh, prophesying in general just means to speak for God. And a quick disclaimer, uh, what I'm about to say about prophecy, you know, there's a lot that we can talk about prophecy. So please don't think I'm being exhaustive with my definition of prophecy. Please don't call the presbytery on me if I, if I don't, you know, something sounds weird. But prophesying in general, right, again, just means to speak for God. Um, and, and sometimes, sometimes that means to tell about future events, right? Things that no one could possibly know, right? Like uh, what, what the winning lottery number is going to be or, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl or, you know, who's going to win best actress, right, in, in, in for uh, the Oscars, or et cetera, et cetera. Things that no one could know except for God, right? So, so this is one form of prophesying, right, foretelling the future, right? Um, it can also mean, however, uh, telling about what God's, God likes, or doesn't like, uh, uh, how we design the world to be, right? Uh, what is good, what is beautiful, what is true, and what isn't, right? And, and, and oftentimes, uh, you know, these definitions of, of what God has said, this is how things should be, is different than what the world says this should be, right? In other words, uh, uh, God's definition of what is good and beautiful and true oftentimes does not line up with what the world says is good, beautiful, and true, right? So in that way, prophecy if it's, if it's actual prophecy, it's oftentimes countercultural. Right? Political season is coming up, voting season is coming up, and, you know, little thing about <laughs> elections. Um, don't, don't kill me here. Uh, but, like, God is neither uh, a Democrat or a Republican. You know, just, just putting it out there, you know. Um, if, you think, if you think God said, if, if you're following me, you got to look for these things. I don't know. I mean, the Bible says otherwise, you know I mean? Um, this is one example, right? So, like, pr like prophecy, if it's done right, is, again, it's going to make everyone mad, right? No one's going to be satisfied. No, no party, no, you know, side is going to be satisfied completely with what God says because God's word is countercultural. <laughs> it's counter to the world. It's a little, 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 little side thing there. Um, well, this is what prophecy is, right? Prophecy, again, is just, is just speaking for God. What does God say? What does God want? And so in other words, what, what Joel's prophecy, what, jo what Joel's future foretelling is, was saying here was that he was promising that God would one day right, reverse the effects of sin and would specifically 
restore the God-intended ability for both men and women to rightly reflect God's rule and dominion. Right? He, would, he would make it so that uh, the way that he created us, both women and men, young and old, everyone, to, to rightly right, demonstrate and rightly represent him in the world would be restored. And for centuries, for centuries, this, this prophecy remained unfulfilled until Jesus. See, Peter continued the sermon uh, in verse 22 by summarizing Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Right? And starting in verse 22, all the way through, through, through verse 33. Right? Verse 22 says that Jesus uh, performed many miracles, right? many uh, deeds and powerful deeds. And uh, Verse 23 says that Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God and was crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Verse 24 says that God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. And verse 33 says, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Now we could probably spend uh, weeks if not months <laughs> of sermons and, and Sunday schools teaching everything that's in these passages, right? So I'm, I'm, we're not going to do that here or else we'd be here for a long time. Um, but what was Peter doing here, right? In summary, what was Peter doing? Peter was basically explaining all the major events in Jesus' life and all the, the, these amazing things that he did or that happened to him, and he was putting them all together. He was showing the continuity of all these events and saying that all of these things, everything from Jesus' birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and then his pouring out of his Holy Spirit onto the church, all of these things Right? Together, collectively, were the climax, the redemptive history. Right? They were the ultimate points of all the stories of the Old Testament. They were the, the, the realization of all the hopes of the people of God. And the amazing thing here is that his disciples, the same group of stumbling and bumbling failures, and were the first ones to experience that reality. See, what was the immediate result of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost? Right, Peter proclaimed the gospel. And as a result, hundreds of people, hundreds were convicted by what Peter was saying and began to believe in Jesus. And verse 37 says that after Peter's sermon, it says they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What is your favorite movie speech? Your favorite inspirational movie speech? Uh, for me, it, it comes from an older movie called Braveheart. Uh, and if you've seen this movie, if you've not, go watch it again. There's a lot, a lot of media things here today. But, um, you know, whenever I see that scene, right, where, where William Wallace is giving his speech to the, 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 the Scots, right, men of Scotland, right, as they're ready to fight the, the army of England, uh, Whenever I see this scene, I get so fired up. <laughs> I get so fired up, ready to charge against the English. McCulloch, right? Um, like all of us here, like all of us here, I have never heard Peter preach, right? None of us have heard Peter preach. So maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe Peter was just as compelling as William Hollis. Maybe Peter was the, the history's greatest, most eloquent, most, uh, most um, convicting public speaker. Maybe. 
you know, who knows? Maybe he wore blue face paint and, and, was, and just hyped people up, you know, by his presence. I don't know. Um, but more than likely, the impact of Peter's sermon had absolutely nothing to do with Peter's speaking ability and everything to do with the Holy Spirit's empowerment. The Holy Spirit empowered and equipped Peter to perform the task that Jesus called him to do. The Holy Spirit empowered and equipped Peter's words to breach the hearts of stone in the audience. The Holy Spirit empowered and equipped Peter to topple the walls of fear and doubt, to shine a light into the hidden sins and insecurities, to draw out the tender needs, the deep longings buried under layers upon layers of false security and self-sufficiency. The Holy Spirit did it in and through Peter. The African-American pastor Tony Evans once said that God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Yes, yes, we have deficiencies. We have uh, failures. We have flaws. Right? To deny that would be to deny reality. Right? It would be to deny the truth. But in our shortcomings, in our failings, in our, our, our failures, God equips us and empowers us through his Holy Spirit to pursue the purpose for which God created us. Right? The Holy Spirit is like the scarab that, transform, that transformed Jaime Reyes into the Blue Beetle. And that way our, our weaknesses aren't something to, to brush under the rug, nor are they obstacles that need to be overcome and forgotten. Instead, our weaknesses and failures and our brokenness are all opportunities for us to experience God's power. Yeah, our church um, is just beginning to think about you know, what it means for us to launch our two campuses, West Philly and, and, and Center City, into two separate churches. Uh, and, you know, there are many reasons, you know, why this step is important. And I'm sure there will be, like, tons of, like, town hall meetings and, like, you know, co you know community group discussions and all sorts of meetings kind of parsed out in the coming months. So we're not going to get into all that. Um, but I think one of the most important reasons why this is necessary is because it will allow more members of our church to experience the uh, empowering and the equipping power of the Holy Spirit. See, in order to launch into, into two separate churches, we, we need more people actively involved in leading and serving our church. We need more uh, women's council members. We need more welcome team members. We need more diaconate members, more elders, more, more CM volunteers, more, more RCF servants, more youth group teachers. See, if, if we remain one church in two campuses, we can make do with, with, with what we have, right? We have enough leaders. We have enough, you know, ser people serving to, 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 to make it, right? like we have been doing for the past couple of years. But what will happen is that the dozens of potential leaders that are waiting in the wings will remain in the wings with untapped potential. Much like produce that sits in the back of our fridge that we forget about. It's never used because we just don't think about it. We don't have any use for that. And we all have dozens of reasons why we can't serve, why we don't want to serve, why we shouldn't be serving. Right? We lack theological knowledge. 
we're too shy, we're too confident, or we're too new, we're too old, uh, dot, 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 whatever it is. We have so many reasons, right? And some of these reasons are tangible and objective, and some are based on fears or insecurities. But they are all, they are all in one sense, valid reasons. Valid reasons why you and I should not be serving. You and I should not be leading. But as the Holy Spirit stirs in our midst this morning, I want us all to listen to what he's saying to us. Not just us collectively, but listen to what he's saying to you. How is the Holy Spirit asking you to focus more on his power, his faithfulness, and less on your deficiencies? How is the Holy Spirit asking you to have faith in him? The African-American civil rights activist Mary Bethune, who is you know, one of the, the heroes uh, of church history. If you don't know about her, shame on you. Read, read about her, right? Get a book. Do some internet sleuthing. Read about Mary Bethune. She did so many wonderful things. Uh, one of her lasting uh, contributions to not just the church but the world is, is, is starting a college out in Florida called Bethune-Cookman. Uh, she was a champion for, for equity um, in education uh, for, for everyone. Um, but she's an amazing woman. But this is what she once said about faith. She said, without faith, nothing is possible. But with it, nothing is impossible. Without faith, nothing is possible. But with it, nothing is impossible. Maybe for us, faith in the Holy Spirit means saying yes to a nomination for unelected leadership position. Maybe saying yes uh, and having faith in Jesus means volunteering with the CN or welcoming team. Or maybe for some of us, it simply means coming home to Jesus. You see, in response to the people's plea of what shall we do, Peter said in verse 38, he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promises for you and for your children. And for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. See, the phrase repent and be baptized is simply an invitation to come to Jesus. Right? Repent uh, very basically means to turn away from whatever you're following that is not Jesus and begin turning and following Jesus. It's very simple. You have to turn away and turn to. Uh, and and, and the, the, word, uh, the phrase uh, to be baptized simply means to join the church because Jesus started the church by the power of the Holy Spirit through his disciples to be his family on earth where we can tangibly live out the implications of following Jesus and where we can, where we can enjoy Jesus' presence, right? And so again, like faith, repenting is a, a personal decision that we make, but it's done in the context of community in the church. Repent and be baptized. See, the, the episode of the bear that I mentioned at the very beginning of the sermon, uh, helped make the earlier episodes in that season uh, make sense to me. Right? Um, these earlier episodes in, in season two uh, were really uh, very focused, right? Very focused on one or two of the restaurant staff members, and, and they really delved into each of these members' backstories, right? And, uh, man, they, they were, these stories were messy, right, and complex. Like, you know, if you've seen the show Richie, man, yes, I love Richie, but his story is so broken and so sad, and but there's, there's stories of such beauty also in that story, right? 
And it's, it's, it was true for every single one of these, these little side stories of each of these team members. But, and, and they were all great episodes. But as I was watching these episodes, and I got towards the end, middle of the season, I was like, okay, these are awesome and, and cool episodes. But, like, what gives, bro? Like, what, they seem so disconnected. I mean, isn't this show about a restaurant? Like, why are we, what's going on with all these stories with these people? But then I watched that episode about opening night. And it all made sense. It all made sense. You see, the staff members weren't just um, generic, interchangeable, flat cogs in a machine. But they were unique human beings with different gifts, different experiences of brokenness, different stories of victory. And all these stories and all these experiences and all these people somehow fit together in harmony with one another through their common bond in the restaurant. And some of us here already share a common bond of faith in Jesus. But for others, this invitation to share in this common bond is before you. And it's yours to accept, repent, and be baptized. And as we all come together, old saints, new saints, messed up saints, more messed up saints, we come from different backgrounds and experiences with unique stories of God's grace at work in our messiness. And the Holy Spirit somehow knits us together as one beautifully broken yet redeemed family. And as we open ourselves up to one another, taking risks to serve and to love and to be loved and served, we find that our stories finally make sense. There's a continuity, there's a community, there's harmony in our stories. Our experiences and our gifts and, and our stories fit together, working together to create a better, truer, more beautiful reflection of Jesus. Let's pray. As we come uh, before God once again in prayer, and as we reflect upon the reality of what God has done in our lives and is, and is doing in the life of our church, uh, let's just think about um, what this call entails to repent and be baptized. And for some of us, that might mean taking that first step of repenting and being baptized, uh, of, of laying aside um, you know, the, the many a lifetime's worth of idols, uh, of of empty pursuits and empty promises that have led to empty satisfaction and to turn for the first time towards the wellspring of life that is in Christ. That for others it might mean to, to renew our vows, to remember to follow Jesus, to remember the goodness that comes in following Jesus. And as we reflect upon what it means for us to repent and be baptized, as we think about what it means for us to, to be members and part of this church, you know, let's also reflect upon uh, how God is calling us uh, to use our stories, to use our blessings and our gifts and our skills to add to the beautiful mosaic that God is creating here at Renewal. In what ways is God calling you to serve? And in, in what capacities uh, is God calling you to be stretched to acknowledge your shortcomings, to acknowledge your weaknesses, to acknowledge your fears, but rather than succumb to them, offer them up to Jesus and to 
use them as opportunities to trust in the Holy Spirit, to trust in Jesus. So pray for a few moments, and then I'll close with this in a, in a couple of minutes. Father, you promised that the gates and the power of hell would stand no chance against the church. As we look at the church, look at ourselves, we are dismayed by that because how in the world, how in the world is that possible when, when I am so weak, when I am so broken? we are so flawed, when we squabble over, over little things, where we get so distracted by things, where we, where we lose sight of the promises you made to us. And so remind us once again, oh Lord, that you made that promise, not based on our strength, not because we are somehow so impressive in and of ourselves, but you made that promise because you are faithful to fulfill that promise. And then you've given us your Holy Spirit and you filled us with your spirit to make us into the church you called us to be. Give us the, the power, the grace, and the mercy, and then the forgiveness to reflect your image, your kingdom, to the world around us. So be with us, we pray in Jesus' name. to be known for loving Christ to build his church to love his bride and make his name known far and wide for this cause I live for this cause I die I surrender
as we go out from here into a world that, um, that tells us time and time again, it's about what we can do. It's about how well we can live, how much we can accomplish, how great we can make our own names. May we go forth from here with a reminder that we are, <laughs> we're broken. We are messed up. We are flawed. It's okay. 
because Christ, who abides in us by his spirit, empowers us, fills us, and makes us into his image. May we go forth from this place abiding in that truth and trusting in the work of the Holy Spirit to make you, to keep you in his likeness. So go forth with the blessing and promise of his benediction. Peace be to you all in love with faith. God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with a love incorruptible.